You're listening to The Poncho Section, conversations about all things media and Mel Brooks. It's a podcast. And here's your hosts, Michael Canfer and Ethan Feldstein. So I've been thinking about this for a little while, and I think it's about time that you and I become villains and take over the world. Like, uh, I'd want to be a like, villain like Dr. Evil. Like Dr. Evil? So yeah. uh, I'm preemptively seeing you maybe pulling away from this, but I'm going to say stick with me. We'll have a fun time on this journey. Okay. I have two ideas of how we can pull this off. Yes. The first one is we will, very, in a very convoluted and overly complicated series of schemes, we will obtain all of the nuclear weapons of the world and hold the world hostage. I think, actually, the nuclear weapons should be in our hands. I I'm actually so on board with this yeah, idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm very so, on board. So that's number one. The other option is that we can very slowly build up our podcasting empire, so slowly to the point where we're not even sure if anybody actually is listening and we're getting to the point of, is this worth it? Of course it's worth it because world domination is always worth it. So we slowly build up our podcasting empire. And as we do that, we sneak in subliminal messages into our audio that tells people to send us their banking information to ponchosection at gmail.com. And it tells government officials to send us your secrets to ponchosection at gmail.com. There's like, there's definitely some kind of experiment, uh, maybe like a Pavlov type of thing where you could, you could like train people to do, to kind of associate these two. I don't know how you need to get a professional. Right. Uh, and if we weren't on any sort of government list before this podcast... Now, now we're on it, buddy. Yeah, I'm kind of regretting that thing I just said about the nuclear weapons. <laughs> I, that was a complete joke, and that was uh, it was meant more for the good of, of humor and of mankind. Oh, mankind, yeah, because we're not going to use them unless we're trying to take over the world. Yeah, we wouldn't use them. We just came out of the hands of the, of the bad ones. We're the good people with the gun. That's what we are. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, do you want to talk about villains today? Yeah, let's go into that. Yeah. Um, yeah, because well, I'm always fascinated by villains, of course. Mm-hmm. But you know, we—I pro- mean, you were thinking more along the lines of movie villains, I think, or just yeah, or- predominantly movie villains. But I was also trying to think. So I'm curious how you made your list. But mine, yeah. I was trying to think more on like not necessarily the best villain or the most successful villain or the smartest villain. I was thinking more of just like so a villain that like leaves his mark or his, or her mark on you like something that just like you you're when you see him on screen or wherever tv or whatever it's like oh wow that person like i'm going to remember that villain yeah and I, and i think a lot of times too is I, i'm i'm actually more interested in the villains that maybe aren't so clear cut and also maybe certain people don't see as the villain mm. where like some like depending on who's watching it you might view someone as you might view this person as a villain where someone else might think that person's actually the villain oh, that's, that's always interesting to me and i'm and i'm more curious well, i'm i'm more interested in the more of like the realism mm-hmm. like we definitely can get into the like comic book villains and that kind of yeah. stuff but i'm but they don't scare me as much even anything that's like outside of the realm of possibility doesn't really scare me as much even okay. though it's still interesting yeah and there's still some great there's i mean there's classic villains that are definitely outside of that Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, yeah, I'm more interested in the ones that do seem real. And I'm like, oh, shit, like this person could be like a real person. And that scares me. Right. You know? Yeah, that, they're kind of like uh, breaking into like the psyche of 
of regular people that like, oh, this is like you're saying, like this could actually be somebody. This is a real way a human would could act. Yeah. And there's also the classic comedy villains, which I think are some of the best villains as well. Like classic comedy villains. Yeah. yeah example, like Dr. Evil, who I mentioned oh, before, sure. is an amazing yeah, probably the best character in the Austin Powers series, um, <laughs> but is the villain, but is a funny villain. Yeah, you know, um, Dark Helmet and Spaceballs. Yes, hilarious villain. Great. Like, um, I mean, you can go through all the the Mel, I mean, Mel Brooks villains. Of course, mm-hmm. you could go through what's the, the, uh, the sheriff, sheriff of, of Rottingham, Rottingham, and um, what's his name, uh, Prince Prince John, right? Is that yes? Prince, oh, uh, Ro- it was played by um, oh Rich, my god, Richard Lewis. Richard Lewis. Yeah. So like stuff. I have a mole. Yeah, <laughs> which is funny. Did I tell this story about the trumpet guy? I know this is kind of going I, off. I don't think so. But there, I was at a bar where a guy was playing a trumpet, and it was so close to my ear, and it reminded me of that scene in Robert Hood <laughs> yeah. and Tights where they where they just all blow the trumpets right directly <laughs> yeah. into Prince John's ears. <laughs> That's awesome. So funny. What does he say? Do we need the noise? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a little less noise. Yeah, that's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> that's like one of my favorite bits. Oh yeah, uh, so good. Uh, yeah. But speaking on on the villains part, yeah, there's three villains that I wanted to kind of leave out, but I needed to mention it because I just I figured they were like an obvious pick. Obviously, the Joker is an obvious villain. Darth Vader is an obvious yeah. villain. Magneto is another one that I feel like those guys are, would definitely be on the majority of people's villain lists. And I didn't I mean, want to do what the majority does. Yeah, but I would actually put the Heath, Heath Ledger's Joker at the top of that list. Oh, definitely. That, that to me is still like one of the most horrifying and so such like it's such a compelling performance too like mm-hmm. it's just so everything about that is so good yeah and i'll like like i'll never forget the pencil trick scene like that first scene oh where my you see god him, yes like and just seeing that for the first time and being so shocked yeah and like and but he in a way though is there is like some batman there's no like superpowers or anything i mean it's a fictionalized world mm-hmm. but it's still like there's no like there's no super like the joker doesn't have any superpowers Joker's right. just a madman. Yeah, totally. You know? I mean, there are some. I don't know about the Christopher Nolan ba- uh, Batman, but there are in the comics. Like, there are some people with, like, I guess, superpowers or whatever. But uh, well, not in they, Nolan's when, universe. They kind of go with like Superman and stuff. Then right, yeah. Which Superman, su- Superman's always dumb to me. I never yeah, like Superman. Very. But yeah, definitely in Christopher Nolan's and Heath Ledger's take on the Joker was it's absolutely one of the best performances I think ever. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, but we can go into more of like the. I guess more nuanced villains, yeah. if you will. So I guess starting off the list, I wanted yeah. to talk about the Grubers. Mm-hmm. And specifically, well, not spe- specifically, uh, there's two of them. So okay. the, Hans Gruber mm-hmm. and Simon Peter Gruber. Now, Hans Gruber is the villain from Die Hard, the, played by Alan Rickman, yes. the late Alan Rickman. Yes. And his brother, who is played by Jeremy Irons, is Simon Peter Gruber. And he is in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Die Hard with a Vengeance. Is that the second one? That's or is the third one. The third one, okay. That's the one with Samuel Jackson is in that one. Okay. I haven't seen all of... I've seen the first one, mm-hmm. maybe the second one. I don't know. And I've seen one of the newer ones. I had yeah. like Justin Long in it. Okay, yeah. That, um, that wasn't very good. No, no, it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> very good. But yeah, so the, Hans Gruber, I think he's just... He is one of those interesting characters that I just... Like, he leaves a mark on you. Like, I mm-hmm. just... Well, that, that would like... That put... Alan Rickman, I feel like on yeah. the map, kind of I'm right. Pretty I, sure that was like his first, point. his big break. Yeah, was that movie, 
Yeah. And it's just He's such always a, like, like been known for that. Yeah. And yeah. it's such a good it's such a good villain because yeah. it's for those who don't know what it's about. Hans Gruber and a group of his associates, if you will, uh, they take over the Nakatomi building mm-hmm. with plans to steal six hundred forty million dollars in bearer bonds and under the deception that they are terrorists. Mm-hmm. So the plan essentially being that they'll go in, they'll steal the bonds and whatever, and they're going to, quote unquote, fly away in a helicopter. Mm-hmm. The plan being that Hans Gruber would blow up the helicopter because he said, like, the best way to get away is for them to think that you're dead. Right, right. And so they would then sneak out, but those plans are ruined by John McClane. Yeah. But then Peter, excuse me, Simon Peter Gruber is in Die Hard with a Vengeance, and that plan is also has to do with money, but slightly different. So his plan is he starts by blowing up a department store in New York City, mm-hmm. and that causes like a, a like a distraction so that him, he and his people can dress up as like a construction crew to go underground to kind of like fix everything. Yeah. But they're going underground into the Federal Reserve to steal $140 billion of gold. Wow. And so like that's his plan. And while I think they're both, uh, they're both very good villains, I, mm-hmm. I would say, I think the first movie, Die Hard, the first Die Hard is a better movie. Yeah. I think I'm personally more intrigued though with the villain from Die Hard with a Vengeance. Oh, interesting. Only because the way that he goes about, he kind of, this entire time as like they're stealing things and they're going around the city, he's toying with John McClane and mm-hmm. Samuel L. Jackson, who now is... Uh, part of it's like kind of they kind of do like a buddy cop thing mm-hmm. so he's toying with him with playing these like various games of he keeps calling it simon says mm-hmm. and they have to figure out like puzzles and stuff like that so uh one of them that i like really st- stuck with me was they have a five gallon jug and a three gallon jug mm-hmm. and they need to fill up exactly four gallons and put that onto a scale or a bomb will go off in a park Hmm. and then like later they put it into schools and stuff like that and they have to figure out like which school it is and uh the clue that they're given at that time i think it was 21 of 42 Mm -hmm. which ended up being like who's the 21st president i think at that time maybe there was 42 presidents or something like that um well was this was when when did this come out this was Mm. 90s i think so so it's so we're either Bush or Clinton, right? So I don't remember, but either way, it ended up being uh, the Chester A. Arthur School. So like they figured that oh, okay. out. There's, so yeah, there's a, like a lot of little puzzles, and I always remember that the four gallon one. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think I just liked maybe his style. Yeah, a little better in this one. It was much more. He was much more like flamboyant. Uh, with the way he was like toying with John McClane and the whole time like John's thinking they're they're thinking oh man he's just messing with me to because I killed his brother yeah and it turns out no he doesn't even like his brother he just wants more money I mean hey sometimes that happens where they're I mean I don't know what the the general consensus is because I haven't seen Mm -hmm. I haven't seen it but um but a lot of times there are I mean there can be sequels that have better villains it has Mm -hmm. It has happened before. A lot of times it does happen in the superhero universe yeah. where they, they do grab a, a better villain. Although maybe in in the um in Spider Man, there's I would say the first two have both have I would say they're both really good villains. The Tobey Maguire ones? The Tobey Maguire, you have yeah. the the goblin who's mm-hmm. great and then and really interesting too. Yeah. Um and then you have Doc Ock, who is the same thing. Mm-hmm. Also very interesting and very good. I was actually just listening to, I think it was GQ. They do those those little segments with actors, like talking about their 
like their big movie roles, mm-hmm. and they had Willem Dafoe on yeah. talking about him playing the Green Goblin and oh, how yeah. he said it was like just so much fun to play that role. It was before like they were had this like really high tech kind of CGI, so he said there was a lot of like wire working yeah. for that costume. And he said the one of the fun, really fun things was there's that whole scene where he's kind of talking to himself in the mirror yeah. and part of him is Norman Osborn and part of him is the Green Goblin. And he said like that part getting really to like play off of, he, off of himself, but also having, having to be aware of where the camera is to not like show the camera in the mirror and everything. He said like that was like a blast to deal with. I, mean, and I, I, I love him. Yeah. He's so good. And he, he, br- like, he brings everything to those roles. Like he really brought it 100% because I've seen so many superhero movies mm-hmm. where the villains just, they suck mm-hmm. and they you know like they like it seems like they're just doing it for a nice big paycheck yeah. like it doesn't actually seem like they're bringing much I, I would say like the batman movies that have good villains all around mm-hmm. obviously with heath ledger being the the top yeah but you still totally. had the um um bane was very mm-hmm. good as well yeah it, different kind of villain but but good and good in his own right yeah but then you have some sh- i mean the the, the spider-man the other spider-man movies have had horrible villains like they're terrible yeah although i will say spider-man homecoming i thought who was the villain that was um the vulture by played by michael keaton oh yeah i yeah. thought he was uh, that was a very compelling it's really weird good it's weird because he was like batman once yeah. upon a time it's weird <laughs> to kind of see him like that yeah i thought it was he was good because I, I like keaton mm-hmm. but like the other ones with the the lizard and the, yeah uh, with uh, the andrew garfield ones and were the not elect- good electro mm-hmm. and the rhino and the uh what the hell was the other one with the, the sandman sandman the, like yeah. all those they fucking sucked mm-hmm. like there's just so many yeah, there's just so many shitty ones so like i just don't um and i get and people are might be mad about this but like the uh like the avengers i just don't um like thanos i guess is mm-hmm. like he's just like this he's so unrealistic he's not a very good villain yeah like he just doesn't I, i'm not scared of i saw him. a few people made some edits to the ending where they made it so that they were saying his like whole reasoning for eliminating half the uh, universe's population was because like of overpopulation and whatever and like overuse of resources but it's like eventually people are gonna get back to the the numbers that they were you haven't solved anything you've just delayed things and in the comics he wants to do something similar i believe by eliminating huge swaths of the population but he does it to impress death yeah and i saw somebody they because i guess she's the goddess of death hella Mm -hmm. in the um in the ragnarok movie Mm -hmm. so there's the scene at the end where he's now seeing the young child gamora it's like did you did it you do it did it work did you what'd you have to give up he's like everything or whatever yeah they essentially spliced in hella instead of gamora so that he's like doing it for her uh, making it make more more sense, I guess overall. Yeah, I, don't I, know. I just I'm not. He wasn't. It wasn't that great. I'm not super into that whole thing, but uh, but maybe we should move away from the superhero maybe. talk because I feel like there's more. There's way more interesting villains to talk yeah. about. And, I know you uh, want to talk about TV stuff. I did want to talk about TV, but I don't know if we want to move move into that just yet. Okay. If we want to go because I had I don't know I was thinking about something. You tell me. Go with your first. What you've got here because okay. Well, you, sure. well, we did. I mean, we did the Die Hard. Mm-hmm. We did uh, Die Hard, and then I was yeah, the next cool. on my list, in no particular order, but the next on my list was Hannibal Lecter. Oh yeah, I mean, because that role is somebody that's yeah, like that first. I think Hannibal has a total of maybe eight minutes uh, in that in Times of the Lambs. Is that, is that it? Mm-hmm. I think Anthony Hopkins playing Hannibal Lecter. I think has a total of maybe eight minutes in that entire movie. 
Is that does that include him at the in the end credits Maybe. walking away? Oh yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of long. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if that includes that, but and maybe I'm wrong, but I think it is like eight minutes, and he totally, I think, steals the entire movie. It's amazing that you don't even need that much. It just kind of goes to show you that sometimes, like, less is more. Yeah. Like, you know, like you really can do so much with so little. And he won the Academy Award, right? He won. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He must have. Um, I mean, it's so good. And there's just that like initial scene when Hannibal and Clarice meet. I mean, it's, it's, it's icon- like yeah. that movie's so iconic and those that character is so iconic. Yeah. It's just... Just that whole like introduction where they're... That whole conversation is just a battle for who has the power in the conversation. Yeah. And you, the I've seen... There's people who definitely explain it way better than I do. There's, a I think, a YouTube video actually that go, really goes into it. But like they show, based on like the camera, like the positioning of it, whether it's facing up or facing down, who has the power in the in, in the conversation, both in words but also in visual. Yeah. But yeah, I think he is one of those people that leaves an impression. Oh, absolutely. Totally. I mean, and that's such a, oh, that's such a classic movie too. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, I mean, it's so much with how much like, the actor or actress like really commits to that mm-hmm. to that part so I, I was thinking and i guess it's around the same time of someone who so this is interesting like this is not necessarily maybe not necessarily the villain mm-hmm. but sometimes i saw this person as the villain so i'm i was thinking earlier about the movie mrs doubtfire i know this sounds oh. crazy right okay and when I would watch it, and I don't, anytime I've watched it, I've always found, and this could just, and, and this might not be right or wrong, this is just how I felt when I watched it, as I always felt that Sally Field was kind of like the villain in that movie in a oh. lot of ways. Because, and I'm not saying that he was like a good husband or whatever, but you're watching it in the, you're watching it as, and Robin Williams is the protagonist, right? Mm-hmm. As you're watching it. So, you know, she ends up initiating this like divorce, right? So she wants, this is this is what she wants to do like he's kind of going along with it Mm -hmm. and then she's getting you know custody of the kids like all these things are happening and all he wants to do is have his get his children and he goes through all these all these measures just Mm -hmm. to be with his children and to get his children back or to at least like spend time with them Mm -hmm. you know and then i guess like towards the end it's like amicable you know he gets his like kid show right and yeah he gets I don't even know if they even go into it more because like remember at the end like he has like the best he can get is like supervised visitation and like she she um gets that taken away she the, does yeah. yeah so now he can just have the kids whenever he wants kind okay of so like that's so yeah that's i guess a good mm-hmm. a good thing at the end but i always felt like that she was the thing that was like interesting keeping, and 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 that's like a villain where like not everyone necessarily view her as the villain maybe right. you view him as the villain because he's not a responsible father mm-hmm. you know so there's Although, like, to say he's, like, he loves his kids and he's, like, he's, like, a goofy dad, mm-hmm. but he's just kind of, like, childish. That's, yeah. like, his problem. And she's kind of, like, the uptight, mm-hmm. kind of, like, spoils all the fun. Yeah. You know? So that's interesting. That's kind of, like, falls into... I was thinking about this earlier today where if there are cases where the antagonist is not necessarily a villain. Yeah, well, yeah. Where, like, an antagonist can sometimes, like, depending on what the situation is because some i could imagine there there's got to be something i just can't think of it right now but where you are following the protagonist however the protagonist is a robber or something like that like somebody who commits crimes and just because the antagonist is maybe a cop trying to do the right thing yeah he the cop though is the antagonist and we're following the the bad guy the real the real villain if you will at, who is the protagonist 
Yeah, well, it's so I'm curious about those when it like flips like. Well, that. I guess I guess that wouldn't necessarily be a villain. Then it would be like more just like an antagonist. I have like another example of that. Mm-hmm. Did you see the movie Captain Fantastic? Captain Fantastic. Is that with a fox? No, no. You're thinking of the Fantastic Mr. Fox. <laughs> okay. Both with Fantastic in the title. Very different movies. I have not um, seen either. <laughs> Captain Fantastic. Not my favorite movie. It's okay. Okay. But um, just to give a brief brief overview, it's um, Viggo Mortensen. Mm. And he's got like, he's got a bunch of kids. Uh, it's got upwards of six. Okay. And they all live in the woods. Like, they live kind of off the grid doing their own thing. And I, I believe the mother, she's like in either she she died or she was going to commit suicide. It was something bad. Anyway, the the father is like, run, like he kind of, you know, he wants them to be away from all this kind of stuff. And, and like, which which he thinks is like a good thing. He <laughs> thinks like all, you know, the, the food that we, like all these things are bad for and like so he's trying to protect his kids yeah but meanwhile he kind of comes off as like this dictator guy where the kids want to be kids and he's kind of telling them what to do like we you know you got to survive out here kind of like mm-hmm. the one the one kid wants to go to college like stuff like that where he's trying to like put everything kind of stop everything and then so then you have the parents of the wife who are one of them is played by frank langella who's a great actor and i forget who the woman is and they are trying to like take the kids away mm. from the father. Yeah. They're like, they're, you know, like we won't, like this isn't a good life for these kids. Like they need to be in like a normal kind of life. And they, and they, and they come off kind of like as like stern kind of people. And I feel like if I was watching this as a kid, maybe I'd be like, they're, they're the bad guys. They're the yeah. watching it as an adult. I'm like, no, like, these are to me like these are the good people like fuck Vigo Mortensen like, he's <laughs> yeah. fucking out of his mind right like I understand like there's you know there's things that are bad about li- you know ab- about living in society you know there's bad food there's all these things but like you gotta I don't know you gotta navigate your way around it I guess but you gotta take care of your kids you're not protecting your kids so to me like he was like even though he's like the main character like he mm-hmm. to me was always the villain or antagonist in that sure. movie but that's a case where I feel like maybe no matter like maybe other people would feel differently sure. watching it. Yeah, that's that's an interesting. It's always, I, I I don't know why that came up like this morning, but when I like when I woke up, I was thinking about like just those different situations where like depending on who who we're following, if you will, yeah. who, who this whose story this is, they could either be the villain or the other person could be the villain. Yeah. Yeah, it's like kind of like a fluid thing. Yeah, no, it's it's really interesting. Um, but there's yeah, there, there's a bunch of examples of that, and I think you're right. That probably falls falls more into the category of like pro like antagonist, yeah, rather than like straight out villain. And it's depending on how you see see them, because I think there are more clear cut villains mm-hmm. that are out there. Yeah, um, but yeah, tell tell me about a couple. So the a couple more yeah. The next two I have on my list are both Quentin Tarantino. Oh, villains. okay, great. The first one being Hans Landa, okay. who is from Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, yeah. He's the character that's played by Christoph Waltz. One of my favorite villains ever. Absolutely. <laughs> like, that actually might, and that, this is a bold statement, that actually might be like my favorite Tarantino movie, because I just think it's so... It's great. It's I love it. It's it's good. It's hilarious. It's yeah. such a great, I think it's his like greatest achievement. Yeah, I think it, it hits all like every note. Yeah. And there, there's been a few videos. This I think is one of the best 
descriptions of what Hitchcock was talking about with suspense Mm -hmm. in that first scene where he so Hitchcock the way he described it is that if you have like a there's a difference between like having a group of bad guys sitting at like a table and then showing the underneath the table that one of them has a bomb strapped to him yeah it's like showing you that little bit of information and you don't know when that bomb's gonna go off yeah and it's same kind of like idea with they set this up where Hans Landa is I believe he's called like the Jew hunter yeah he's essentially like an evil but like an evil nazi sherlock holmes yeah like he's all about he even like smokes like a sherlock holmes type pipe yeah so he shows up to this french person's um farm who they happen to be hiding jews during during the the world war ii and he's looking for them and then they pan down and show us that the jews are hiding underneath the floorboards and that's like the equivalent of showing us the bomb strapped to uh, the guy's leg. Yeah. You know, I guess you're sitting there in suspense, not sure if he's going to find out that they're there. And it's just terror, I think, when yeah. he arrives. Just everything that he does yeah. is just like so suspenseful. It's such, it's so well done. It's such a terrifying first yeah. scene, but so good though. And, and then every scene after is still like just anything that he's in, he's always seems like he's one step ahead of everybody. Yeah. Oh no, that's that's one of the best because that's like a weird one too, where he's he is like a real villain, mm-hmm. but that movie has it's like a real it's like a dark comedy though. Yeah, I mean it's because so much of it is like so funny. Yeah, um, I mean you have Brad Pitt, who's, right? Who is amazing in that. And even at the end when like he's trying to uh, get his way out of it, like yeah. by. Um, by surrendering to the the allies he's like that's a bingo yeah yeah <laughs> is that what they say that's a bingo <laughs> it's like no nah, it's just bingo <laughs> that, uh-huh. i mean he eventually gets his comeuppance by getting a giant swastika carved into his forehead but right. good for him another movie i have to rewatch. i saw it in theaters twice when it came mm-hmm. out but uh yeah that is definitely one i need to it's so good it's, it's it, that was like one where I saw it. I remember like you have those experiences like in the movie theater that you can remember. Like that's mm-hmm. one that I remember. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And those those movies just like leave such a like big impression. I love that when like, uh, yeah, like going to see a movie where you like actually remember the whole experience of mm-hmm. seeing it. Yeah. Because um, I go to like see movies alone a lot and like that's fun. That's nice. But it's never like a memorable kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a little different. Yeah, and um, I think definitely that type of villain just really adds to that. And he's well, it's based in history too, so yeah. like that actually makes it. Even though it's like a fictionalized thing, mm-hmm. it's and like more comical and whatever, but it's still something that is from uh, true history. Yeah, uh, definitely. So then the other person who, funny enough, gets killed by Christoph Waltz is Calvin Candy, and that's from Django Unchained. Okay, that's, that was Leo's character. That's one I still haven't seen. Yeah. So I won't. I gonna try not to give away too much i've 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 heard most of the things yeah but essentially just imagine the most evil character you can ever imagine like this guy he just he i think i was reading he like epitomizes every negative stereotype of like a southern slave owner Mm -hmm. just he like forces the male slaves to uh wrestle to the death Mm -hmm. um he sends a lot of the young slaves off to be like prostitutes and stuff like that and it's just like just the most like every single moment where he's on screen he's either doing or saying something that is just evil right and and this one christoph waltz plays a good guy right right yeah and that i so i definitely recommend checking it out i that'll be another one of those uh villains that i and again i don't think he's in that much of the movie he's it's a lot of it like towards the end mm-hmm. and he just 
steals the scene that he's in because he's just you and of course like it's tarantino so everything that tarantino does it's a little more i don't know exaggerated it's always over the top yeah yeah so like what not only is what this guy is saying and doing evil which uh, they even acknowledge like he was they have in i was watching it a few years back when this came out, that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was having trouble doing this role because of yeah. just some of the stuff that a lot he of was saying. Stuff. Yeah, and I think it was Samuel Jackson that was talking about this, and he said, "Like, listen up, motherfucker! Like, this is the shit that we hear on a daily basis from some people, and this is shit ten times or like a hundred times or a million times worse than what we're showing in this vi- film yeah. happened to real people." Right. So, like, this is just like a taste of what this country like did to sure. a group of people. That's like you got to suck it up and play this character kind of deal. So it's I mean, like that's a good that's a good point. But I understand the other side of it too, though, because I feel like people, especially nowadays, mm-hmm. even if you're doing something in the context of a movie or you're trying to explain something, people don't always take it the right way. It's, yeah, I mean, we've seen it. We've seen it happen before. Um, yeah, I'm thinking he was more just like just super uncomfortable yeah. like i would I, I couldn't do that i couldn't say and do act out the things that that he was doing it's no. just it's disturbing yeah it would get it would it would fuck you up yeah good. i mean but he just does it so well and it's like again it's one of those things where you can't look away it's like a train crash yeah and you're like how how could a person like this exist yeah but it's and know. it's crazy but quentin tarantino does it again well he he loves to yeah he loves to do that kind of stuff and yeah. really really go really take it uh to the max i guess <laughs> uh but that that is definitely one that i, I do need to see yeah um, definitely recommend it yeah so i'm trying to think if i wanted to go more into movies i mean we we you know we talked about the i could go into like the comedy comical villains but there's there's so many and there's there's ones that are good. There's ones that are. There's ones that are stupid. But for me, in um, and and also, I guess like horror movies too. You have like straight up villains, but they're they're a little different. Like you know, Michael Myers is is a great villain. You know, but like classic slasher, yeah, type thing. I think Jigsaw. I was thinking about from the Saw movies. Mm, yeah, is really good because he's got even though they're so over the top, elaborate plans. He is the one who's doing all this, and it's pretty. And there's it's psychological and it's and it's pretty it's pretty insane. Yeah. Um, and a lot of but when I think nowadays there's so much good there's so many good villains in TV mm-hmm. in a show like Black Mirror. You know, there's a lot mm. of good and and the villains come in like different in different ways and and they might not like if you think of the one the one in the last season with uh, Jesse Plemons as the oh USS, yeah uh, it's like the Star Trek kind of thing. I mean that that was terrifying to me just being trapped in someone's virtual reality thing yeah. like that that to me was like just horrifying also like but like see that just show though that fucks with my mind because it's not realistic but it doesn't feel that far from realism either like it right. feels like something that could potentially happen they 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 tow this weird line it's very it's bizarre like the, uh, yeah like an uncanny valley but it's but it's so good the but the one villain to this day who still i think is one of the greatest villains is gus spring from breaking bad oh my god it's still one of my favorite all-time villains because for so many reasons obviously he's a he's a human being he's 
just a dude. And this is all because of Giancarlo Esposito because he just plays it so well. Yeah. And he's so terrifying. And he's te- in the, the way that he's so calm is what makes him more terrifying. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I just remember the first time you see him. I mean, hopefully everyone's seen Breaking Bad. I'm not spoiling anything at this point. I feel like it's a couple of years Yeah, I feel like... Ne- yeah, okay. The scene where he uses the in the box cutter episode yep. where he takes it to Victor's th- that's like the first time you really see him for like the menacing guy that he is yep and that uh, he does it with such like it's like so quick and then he like cleans like we have to clean everything up he's like back to work like it's just like what yeah that's just and he's just like we got to go back to business now but there's so many instances of that like there's the episode where they're in Mexico and he gives he's giving the poison to Don Eladio and all mm. those other guys and and he goes and he like takes it too like calmly and then he calmly goes to the bathroom to throw it up like yeah he like puts the the um the towel down and he sits down and he just, and he sticks his fingers down his throat I'm like holy shit yeah it's that like calm I I don't even know it's it's he's just like so reserved in in like that just evil just craziness there was that one scene where. I think Walter, when Walter White goes to his house and he serves him dinner and you just see him like he has like these knives out yeah, and you know that he could at at any second just like stab him or whatever. Yeah. And, but he's just chopping up the vegetables Yeah, and just making food and it's all so precise and just like everything needs to be in order and it's just, it's creepy. Well, he, but he, yeah, that's, that's what it is. It's just, he's so creepy and... And there's in the uh, in Better Call Saul, there's even there's a moment mm. where um, and, and this is like where when he actually does get a little angry, that's terrifying, too. Yeah. Like when he tells Nacho the one time he just says, like, you belong to me now. It's just like, oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> like, you just oh know God, he yes. means it. Like, it's just so intense. But um, it's like a calculated, like, just calmness. Yeah. But like, he'll always be one of my favorite, that, if yeah, not that. my favorite villain. Um, that's a a great example of just like an amazing villain. Yeah, and another one too from TV. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the show Lost at all, but um, I know of it. I've never actually like really. I watched the first episode. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, this guy I don't think comes until the second or maybe even the third season. But um, Ben, the guy who plays um, his name's Ben Linus. I forget what the actor's name is who plays him. Um, he was on another show on CBS for a while. He's a he's and he I think he won a bunch of Emmys too. Like he is a fantastic villain and and also one of these guys. He's like not when you look at him, you don't think oh this guy could be a villain. Like he he's like a smaller skinny guy. I mean he's got like kind of like a face that makes like kind of creepy. Like you could see it. What's kind of unfortunate is that like he was such a good villain for so long, but because of the way the show went and because of how like shitty it got towards the end. Mm-hmm that like it it just like made it seem like he just became like kind of lame at the end oh and that that's not really that's kind of like the show's fault because they just they made him into but he was like this amazing amazingly evil and such a good actor too like he's a i I love that too when you find these guys who are good villains like a giancarlo esposito who are like guys who aren't like household names i mean now he's much bigger i think from as a result he's Mm -hmm. i mean he's in like good he's in the usable suspects he's in um, do the right thing. Like he's got a great resume, but he's not like a household name necessarily. Right. But um, I don't know if I told you this. I saw him once in Manhattan. 
Oh, he really? This, yeah. Oh, and he looked like the coolest dude. This is Giancarlo Esposito. <laughs> he looked like he had like an entourage of people around him, like all these people. Oh my and God. he was wearing this like top hat and he was like dressed really cool. I'm like, this guy is the man. Like he just seemed like the coolest dude. That's um, awesome. Yeah. Like I just, I love those guys who really pull off those great performances who mm-hmm. aren't like, you know, the, the, a, the, not, I shouldn't say a list, but like the household names, the yeah. Brad Pitts or whatever. Sure. Um, so that's, that's always fun. Those guys always, those, those characters have just left the biggest impressions mm-hmm. on me. Yeah. And it also definitely helps that it is like with a TV show, you can really get to know these characters yeah. even more. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there are, I, I hear things kind of like both ways about like movies and TV. There are some people who are like all about movies and won't watch TV. I, I think that TV has gotten so good the last year that there, there is like good quality TV shows. Definitely. And, like I heard someone say like, there's a difference between TV acting and movie acting and I think that was true for a while, but I don't know if that's necessarily the case now. Mm-hmm. I really think it's there's good acting all around. Oh on, yeah, on, on both levels, there's there's shitty acting in movies for sure too. Mm-hmm. Because you look now, like even like A-list people start doing some television, even like mini. I mean, you see like now the show Big Little Lies. You have yeah. Nicole Kidman, Reese Witherspoon. You have Meryl Streep coming on, you know? Like, yeah. There are, like, A-list people in television mm-hmm. now. True Detective, you know, Mahershala Ali right. is true. one of the best around right now. He's fantastic. Yeah, I need, so, a, I need to check that out because I saw the first season and it was great. And I hear really good great. things about this one, too. This season's good, too. Second season, not so much. Hmm. But, again, the second season did have good actors. But I, I do think you can find things. I, I have a harder time with the... The horror stuff, the horror series, I feel like horror movies work better. I might, I'm definitely in the minority on this because people love like the house on Haunted Hill. But to me, like it, there's just so much buildup. I'm just like, I kind of like check out. Yeah. Whereas like shows like Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul really benefit from that. Yeah. Because there is that that buildup and it like it just works really well. Like you're not wait, you don't. You're, it's not like when's the killer gonna come. It's like different. There's more sure. things to it. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. So, um, so I do like that. And I think there are good things. Yeah. You can like develop a villain, but again, the case of Hannibal Lecter, all you need is eight minutes. Yeah. So I think really it could honestly go either way. I think with Breaking Bad, it's worked in the case of Lost, maybe it worked to their disadvantage where, um, Ben was a really good villain. And then when the show became lame, it kind of like tarnishes Hmm. the legacy a little bit. It doesn't, doesn't feel as strong maybe anymore. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Moving back into movies, though. Yes. I have another villain, the Terminator. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about that. Yeah. yeah. Which is another one of those just iconic, definitely leaves an impression. Um, one and two. One and two, definitely. I threw on the third one just because I was wanted to throw in the different types. I of... never I never saw a third one. You're not missing anything. Uh, I've only seen the first two. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to throw in the different types of Terminators that there were. So the first one being Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the T-800 mm-hmm. and sent back in time to kill Sarah Connor. Isn't uh, isn't he kind of like the villain, though, in the first one? In the, yeah. In the first one, he's the villain. And then in the second one, he is reprogrammed and sent back in time to protect John Connor. Yeah, the kid. And the then, foul-mouthed kid. Yeah. And then the Terminator in the second one is the T-1000, Yeah, which is, uh, it's made of a liquid metal. And then apparently the T-800 
explains that the T-1000 is a more advanced Terminator composed entirely of a mimetic poly-alloy, rendering it capable of rapid shape-shifting, near-perfect mimicry, and rapid recovery from damage. Furthermore, it can use its ability to quickly liquefy and assume forms in innovative and surprising ways, including fitting through narrow openings, morphing its arms into solid metal tools or bladed weapons, walking through prison bars, flattening itself, and imitating the pattern and texture of the ground to hide or ambush targets. And then finally, the third one is the TX which mm-hmm. is essentially just a combination of the uh, the metal exoskeleton of the first one with the liquid mimic mimetic poly alloy of the second one. Hmm. It was a cool one, but the just the overall plot of that one wasn't it wasn't executed great. Yeah, well, I never made it that. That was like right before he became governor too, right? Like that was like after his last movie before he yeah. couldn't act for like a while. Yeah, because they made Terminator like five or something. Mm-hmm. Right? It was yeah, I remember. Bale and then. Oh yeah, I remember when that one was coming out. They kept um, making a joke on Conan because Conan would do that thing where they would take like Arnold Schwarzenegger's face yeah. and then they would like dub out like oh that his, was always my favorite his lips yeah and it would just be Conan and so he kept just like slipping in uh every single like while he's running for like forgot to become the governor and like doing his like candidacy stuff he would just keep slipping in oh you should go see my movie Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines <laughs> oh so good but yeah like I, I remember in Terminator 1 that he like he was the villain mm-hmm. but he also had like no lines in that movie he had like I mean I think all he said was like I'll, I'll be, be back because he's like but he says that where he's like where does he say that though? He says it one time. He's like in a waiting room or something. No, he goes into like the police police station. Yeah, and like they say something to him, and he just goes, and like, "I'll, I'll be, back. be back." And then he just goes and gets a car and drives it right yeah. through the, the yeah. front. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that's like the only thing he really. I said. think so. Maybe he says like one thing to like. I think it's maybe it's in that movie where there's like a bunch of bikers where he like gets his clothes in the first place. Yeah. Maybe he says like one line to them after they yeah. like say something to him, but. But he says he. I mean, he talks a lot more in the second one. Yeah. Definitely. But in the first one, I almost, I, and I don't know if this is completely true, but the rumor I always heard was that his English wasn't really that great yet. Oh my God. <laughs> so I, I think that might have, but but that that can't be, because when did Predator come out? Predator was around that time. Was it? I or maybe remember. Predator was later. Maybe. Uh, I don't remember. All I know is that like, if you think about Pred- the- oh, I love Predator. The villain itself. Well, yeah, Predator's great. Predator just has so many great so, lines. So good. But if you think about like just the Terminator itself, like the actual, like- it's a great villain. Like yeah. it's one of those things they say it like you can't reason with it. It just it's there for a mission and that mission is to terminate somebody. I mean that's that's terrifying, like these like things that just seem impossible to defeat. Yeah. I mean, even like Predator was kinda like that too. Predator's like, like Predator. that, Alien is like that. Yeah, yeah. Well they're kind of like similar well, I guess Predator was like that it would like blend in with the mm-hmm. it would like camouflage itself, right? Or yeah. like I saw something it was really great. They were talking about um why like the newer predators aren't like working and I didn't even know there the, were newer ones. Yeah, I've like been the newer the loop. Exactly. Like the newer films aren't like doing as well. And it's because I think they Because they don't have Jesse Ventura, that's why. That's why. And that's it. Although no, he, uh, he dies like in like the first like half hour, doesn't he? Or something. Yeah. I think yeah, I think so. I think he gets his arm. He's like, I don't have time to bleed and then he dies. <laughs> <laughs> but they were saying like in the newer ones, they're kind of making the predators like overpowered. Uh-huh. And what made it the first one scary was 
that like they showed like pretty early on they were like oh if it bleeds we can kill it yeah and that gives you hope yeah and they they were saying that's what makes it scary is because yeah. when you have hope that you can make it through you're afraid that you're gonna blow it you right know? yeah that, that's a good point and but if you have like a situation where like the they're just overpowered it's kind of just like uh, well like you have to make some like well that's why like human villains are good because you know well they are human after all yeah. they are they can be defeated mm-hmm. and i guess in the case of predator where you have something that isn't you're like oh but this is the thing mm-hmm. but then you can go too far and in, in the case of signs and then be like <laughs> oh these these aliens can't handle water it's like well that's dumb <laughs> That's a that's the dumb plot twist if I've ever seen one. So yeah, that that's true though. That does make a lot of sense. You can't have like a good villain. You don't need all this other stuff around it. You mm-hmm. know, it's just it's it's simple and like just having it like bigger and better and like CGI. Like, did you see? You probably didn't see because no one should have seen the movie Rampage. No, um, I didn't see it. I, I you know I watched it at work because uh, <laughs> and like that movie just I, I mean it's giant. Uh, it's like King Kong. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just based on the video game. It, that stuff, like to me, it's just so stu- It's just so ridiculous that that I mean, kind of thing. What was can't. even like the villain? Was it a situation where it was? Because wasn't I think I I saw like two trailers, so I'm not sure. But wasn't the gorilla with Dwayne the Rock Johnson? Like, weren't they buddies or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, and I remember in the, the mo- in the, the video movies. game, all three, all three of the the monsters essentially destroying the cities. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. It's it's kind of like the the other ones catch on. I like I kind of you know uh, I checked in and out of it to be honest. Um, I mean, but it's like, but that kind of stuff. I'm just yeah. like, this is just stupid. Mm-hmm. This says no. Yeah, there's no. I mean, obviously no realism. So. Yeah, but playing on the kind of human yeah. aspect. This is somebody that I didn't think of initially, but although it's not exactly human, but it's it kind of close to it. Dolores Umbridge oh, from Harry Potter. Yeah. Where everything she does, she's not like evil as like Voldemort is evil. She's, she's more evil, in- more like calculating bureaucratic, just like to the books, kind of, not necessarily like a Gus Fring, but sort of. Well, she has like that, a, she's trying to be like sweet, like she's like, she looks right. like a sweet little it's, lady. Yeah, and it's then, like that fakeness and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And I think personally, she is this one of the scariest people in the entire Harry Potter universe, yeah. mainly because of that. It's like you, everybody, we all know somebody that's like that. That's somebody that's like super sweet and cheery on the outside, but they're like conniving and like just maybe like too much by the books and just. Well, they're, they're fake fake yeah, yeah and evil like that and like that's like a great villain where that's, she's yeah. just like i think and what was it somebody I hadn't was thought of that yeah uh somebody uh when i was researching wrote it down that only her and voldemort have ever left permanent scars on harry hmm. so harry got his his uh lightning bolt scar from voldemort when uh when he killed his parents and dolores umbridge made harry right with that quill yeah, and then, that like burns or like etches out skin. Yeah, I of whatever that. you write. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, she's just evil. She's just an evil person. You know, I'm thinking of two who always scared me. Now, now it's like bring other, going into like kids movies, mm-hmm. but from Matilda, Miss <gasps> uh, Trenchful. Yes, she just was like a scary looking yeah. person. Terrifying. So like, I was always afraid of her. That scene, like, where the end, where like she's just like destroying her house looking yeah. for Matilda. Yeah. 
Yeah, but that's like one where like I was like, like you really and you know it's a it's a kids movie sure, but I I like Matilda and I even yeah. like the the Broadway musicals very good. Had I wanted a great to time. see that. It was great actually. <laughs> um, it was like a lot of fun, uh, fun for the whole family. But nice. uh, but yeah, but she was a great villain, and yeah. I think also the actress who played her just had all she like she was just a scary looking yeah. person. So and I, that she, just adds she did great. Up. Do you know who actually she? She's in well, oh my god, which Harry Potter it is it? It's, no, she's not in Harry Potter. She is. Really? She is the aunt that Harry turns into a balloon. No way. Yep. Oh man, she's she gets some interesting roles. Yeah. She? Wait, that the that was in uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. Who like floats away? Yep. That's her. Yep. Really? How crazy? Oh, huh, I did not know that. <laughs> That's that's crazy. Well, Harry Potter's got a lot of those like, yeah. villains. A lot, a lot of villains in Harry Potter, actually, if you think about it. That's true. A lot of people, like... Because, like, those are scary. Like, I was thinking about, like, Malfoy, but Malfoy never... I feel like he could have been a better... He never but, really does anything too bad. He's just kind of like a dick kid in right. class. Like, he's that, like, like a bully. Yeah, that, like, if he had different parents, maybe he would be... See, I thought his father kid. was scary, and I thought the guy who played his father in the movies yeah. was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he had like a way about him that was good, but I thought the the kid who played Malfoy was not that great. I <laughs> thought, well, I, I don't know if it was a character or like the way they did it in the movies was kind of disappointing. Where like he'd like come out with like one like mean line, and then he'd like be running away, like mm-hmm. he'd be like, ah, like you know, like there was always yeah. something that would happen to him, and then and then you never see him again. And I'd be like, well, yeah, Bye. I definitely like it way better than the, in in the books the way yeah. that they wrote his character. But, the, but, but I don't blame the, I don't blame the actor. I think it a lot of it has to do with the, the, the writing. The yeah, writing. I, I think so too. Um, and I think at the the epilogue of Harry Potter, though, always oh god, me. yeah, because then he's just like they just see him and he like tips his hat, and I'm like, he's like, come s- on, slightly older looking with like this terrible goatee. Yeah, and I was like, come on, like couldn't you just like do something like or like I don't know, like keep him. There, there, there were other ways they could have done that. Or here's an idea. Just yeah. leave it out completely. Yeah. You don't need it. And you, you name your kid with two middle names. <laughs> or what do you do? Like your he name did. is Albus Severus. I heard somebody was like, Harry Potter named his kid as if he was a fan of Harry Potter. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. He's like a Harry Potter nerd. Who, right. That's hilarious. Um, But that's so true. Like Albus, like, oh yeah, no one's going to pick on that kid. Yep. Um, Albus Severus Potter. No, you could totally see that, like parents who like were like big like Harry Potter nerds who yep. gave their kids like my name's Albus, like, and he gets, <laughs> he gets I'm sorry. the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> oh, poor Albus. So the last thing I have on this, yes. well, second to last, is a, a specific actor who is known for playing evil or villainous people. Okay, and like that this. is the late great Christopher Lee. Yes. Oh well, he's. Oh, that's. I'm glad you right? brought him up. I mean, he's this one dude. Of the best villains. He was Dracula. He was Dracula. He was the creature from the Curse of Frankenstein. Yeah. He was Saruman from the Lord of the Rings franchise. He was Count Dooku in Star I, I Wars. Thought he was, I thought like he was one of the best part of the prequels actually. absolutely dooku was great oh he's great he was francisco scaramanga from the man with the golden gun yeah he was the the bad guy he was the man with the golden gun yeah well he i'm just in, in as dooku he was great in the second movie the way they yeah. the way they did it in the third one was a little disappointing yeah. where but that's like more of like that's not his fault yeah <laughs> they just kind of got to him quickly in the yeah. very beginning and then he but died. i mean he's Christopher Lee was just such a badass. Like he legit knew how to fence. Oh really? Yeah. Like if you ever noticed his on his right hand, his pinky was kind of like wonky. Yeah. And that was because he actually got it like almost severed off during uh, fencing with somebody else. Yeah. And they were able to sew it back on, just like, but like 
<laughs> kind of all funky like but yeah this dude like legit knew how to fence and everything like that because he was like from that old school of like acting where well, like i guess if you're like like shakespearean acting where you learn how to fence and do yeah. all that kind of stuff but he was working like and like like up right as, up until his death like as an old man yeah. like, but still villainous and i think a lot of it has to i mean he's a great actor of course but the voice too that deep voice of yeah, his yeah yeah like oh that that helped it so much but um yeah i mean he he, he could do any yep. any villain there's there's guys like that who can who are just like really good villain i mean christoph waltz i think is one of them yeah. who can do like great villain um, although his Bond villain, I think, was kind of... Yeah, kinda, that was awful. But, you know, who was a great Bond villain of recent times was uh, Javier Bardem. Yes. In in uh, Skyfall. Sky, Skyfall, yeah. It I was, was trying to great. watch that uh, earlier today. And, I mean, in No Country for Old Men. Too, yeah. But, like, he's, but he's one, I think, of those guys who could always play a great villain. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's, you have to great. have that ability just to, to capture the audience and, like, steal every single scene. Yeah, and they have more depth to them. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of, like, I think Willem Dafoe is like that, too, where he yeah. can do that as well. Definitely. Um, there's just certain actors who are just able to kind of, they're able to do that in, like, just, I don't know, in a really particular way. It's interesting. Definitely. Yeah. And so then the last thing, I just had some honorable mentions of some of the best villains. Yeah. Uh, the first one is The Iceberg from Titanic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the second one is The Tornado from Twister. Yes. <laughs> and the third one is Tyler Perry's Medea. Is she a villain? I don't know. She seems like a villain. <laughs> I like that. The, the, story. the iceberg is, uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know if the iceberg is the villain. The, the iceberg maybe is the hero. Is it though? Yeah. A lot of people died. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Um, I never, why, Leo could have survived that movie. I never understood that. that why didn't she she have like a little space I think they showed that on um on mythbusters if they took their um life preservers off and stuck it underneath the door yeah it makes it buoyant so then they could both lay on top of it yeah i mean that was such bullshit yeah um i never cared for that movie yeah i don't think it's like i great. loved um billy zane's great villain in that billy zane and oh my god why can't i think of her name she was in misery oh kathy bates kathy bates she's the best part of the whole movie yeah She's awesome. I yeah. love her character. I, lo- I always love Kathy Bates. Yeah. Um, but Billy Zane, I also really like. Um, he was fun, fun in that movie. The, the Phantom. By oh, the God. Way, <laughs> under, underrated superhero movie. I love The Phantom. It's ridiculous, but it's great. Highly recommend. All right. The Phantom. Yeah. And there you have it. Those there are your you villains. It. Those are all the villains that oh. have ever been. No, there's, there's definitely more. There's a lot of villains, um, and there's a lot of. There's a lot of in-between villains yeah. and or antagonists and yeah. Um, and next time you're like yeah, next time you're watching something, just take a th- think about it. Like oh, from the other person's point of view, the other guy's the villain. Yeah, look at it from different sides. Yeah, you know, I always like that. I always think that's a fun. Mm-hmm. Also, depending on like what age you are, you see certain people as like like you see like the parents as the villain, and yeah. you, you get to the parent age, you're like oh, the, they're actually the good people. Like you can kind of see things differently. So yeah. Um, I don't know. At some age, I might see Thanos and go, man, he was the hero of that movie. No, Thanos, no. Thanos will never be. No. He'll never be great. <laughs> Damn you, Thanos. Uh, but yeah, um, I think we, we nailed it. Yeah. All right. Thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. <laughs>